Support for this podcast is provided by SHL. From talent acquisition to talent management, SHL Solutions provide your organisation with the power and scale to build your business with the skilled, motivated and energised workforce you need. SHL takes the guesswork out of growing a talented team by helping you match the right people to the right moments with simplicity and speed. They equip recruiters and leaders with people insights at an organisation, team and individual level, accelerating growth, decision-making, talent mobility and inspiring an inclusive culture. To build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive, visit shl.com to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 502 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Digital Talent is the second book that I've co-authored with Mervyn Dinan, and it came out a year ago this month. We've been blown away by the response to the book and want to thank everyone who's bought, read and shared it. 12 months is a long time in our industry at the moment, so I sat down with Mervyn to discuss the book's key themes and how they've developed over the last year. We recorded the conversation in a proper studio, so there's also a video version of this podcast, link in the show notes, which is worth watching just to take in the full glory of Mervyn's shirt. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, and welcome to a very special edition of the podcast. Normally, I'm sitting in my office in Scotland talking to people down the line, but today we're in a studio, we're in London, and I'm talking to my very good friend and very good friend of the show, Mervyn Dinan. Mervyn, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Thank you, Matt. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. My name is Mervyn Dinan. Uh, I am co-author with Matt of two books. We also co-author reports uh, by day. I'm a kind of writer, analyst around HR, talent and work tech trends. I also have a nascent podcast uh, called HR Means Business on the HR Happy Hour network, in which I talk to HR professionals about how their role is changing. And it's a pleasure to be talking to you, Matt. I don't even know if I know what nascent means. (laughs) It sounded good. (laughs) It's a new podcast, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Working through the first few episodes. I am indeed, yes. Now, the reason that we've gone to such a special effort to hire a studio complete with cameras, we may or may not publish the video of this, depending on uh, whether Mervyn, how well Mervyn's shirt shows up on, on camera. The reason we're doing this is it is a year since we published our second book, Digital Talent. And we wanted to do a special episode of the podcast, looking, talking about the book, looking at some of the themes that we discussed in the book and really seeing how they've developed since we wrote the book. Now, the book's a year old, but actually some of the things that we were writing for the book, we were actually writing two years ago. So uh, lots, lots has happened. Lots of, lot of, lots of things have happened since then. And we also wanted to sort of think about how those trends might 
pan out in the future. To start off with, I think we want to say a big thank you to everyone who bought the book, everyone who shared the book, everyone who's talked about the book. It's kind of been more successful than we could have imagined or certainly could have hoped for. It's been translated into Turkish. It's a textbook on a university course, HR course in America. Lots and lots of things all in all in a year. So best place to start, Mervyn, do you remember why we wrote the book in the first place? I do. I do. Uh, Our first book was called Exceptional Talent, and we wrote that kind of about 2016, 2017. And that was looking at the, I suppose, introducing the concept of the talent journey, how the, the, I suppose, process of attracting, hiring, uh, developing, onboarding, retaining people uh, was now underpinned by tech. And so this, rather than separate stages, uh, was just one seamless journey. And that's what the candidate uh, or employee experienced. What we then began to notice was there was a huge acceleration in digital transformation. And one of the biggest problems that that, uh, clients and the companies we spoke to uh, were finding was that they they couldn't really uh, acquire digital talent. They didn't really know what digital talent was, how, how to acquire it and how to develop. And so we started writing the book. But, of course, something happened when we started. Uh, there was a pandemic. Absolutely. And um, suddenly it was kind of things began to change. But what we noticed during the pandemic was that there was a huge acceleration in digital transformation. And so the, the original purpose for writing the book came even more pressing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the pandemic was obviously a very unexpected event and a massive shock for everyone. And I think it was particularly difficult in the process of writing this book because lots of the things that we were writing about that might happen in the future, for example, we were writing about, you know, hybrid working, you know, accelerated digital transformation. They all happened during the pandemic and we hadn't finished the book. So we had to go back and rewrite it because we didn't feel we could really publish it saying these are all the things that are going to happen because they'd already happened. So it made it um, perhaps a much longer process than than we envisaged. But really interesting to pick up straight off the pandemic and look at some of the big changes that were happening and indeed continue to happen. So just going to pull out three or four topics from the book to sort of really get your thoughts, Mervyn, on on what's happening now and um, also sort of give my own thoughts in terms of what we're seeing and also what a lot of the guests that I've had on the podcast have spoken about. The first one, which is really a sort of core theme of the book, is it's not, it won't surprise anyone that it's talent acquisition. Obviously, when we wrote the book, we thought it was a very disruptive time for, for talent acquisition. It's even more disruptive at the moment. Very, very complex market. I think I described it on the podcast a few weeks ago as something that's just impossible to generalise. On the one hand, particularly in the tech sector, you've got mass layoffs, including layoffs of talent acquisition, employer branding and recruiting people. You know, on the other hand, we were planning this uh, podcast in a pub around the corner and they they didn't have enough staff basically so um you know hospitality sector lots of other sectors still massive shortages of talent still huge talent shortages in areas of the tech sector and particularly when it comes to lots of specific skills so really really complicated market that's got very very you know that's got even more complicated there's two things that i wanted to pull out that we spoke about in the book in terms of how they develop now the first one was we talked a lot if you remember about redefining the definition of talent 
So looking at the fact that companies couldn't find the, the skills that they need, the skills of the future hadn't been invented yet, there weren't people with those skills, they'd, they'd need to think differently and look much broader at and open new markets, new markets of talent. And we talked about various different ways of doing that, skills-based hiring, also a big, big focus on DEI as a way of a way of you know, not just doing the right thing for society, but also extending talent pools and, and bringing new talents into business. Where we've got with that, I think what sums it up best for me was I did an interview a few weeks ago with a guy who works for Microsoft called Bruce Jackson, who's got a really interesting book about his his journey from um, living you know, living in a housing project in Manhattan, all the way to being becoming a general attorney at Microsoft. And one of the phrases that he used when we were talking about the, the approach to diversity, equity, inclusion that employers are taking, is that he wanted to see results, not hear noise. So I think we've seen lots of noise in this area. But at the moment, we're not seeing the results that that we need. So it's a it's still a sort of a very big focus area. One of the interesting things, though, when it comes to social mobility, is I've spoken to a number of employers who are really rethinking the way that they look at talent. So people like um, Body Shop, for example, in the US, who have this open hiring open hiring initiative where they don't do background checks they they literally take anyone who applies who can work the shifts in the uk you've got companies like timpson and green king recruiting people straight out of prison as they're leaving prison you know really thinking differently about talent really kind of a win-win for society a win-win for the employer and it's been really kind of encouraging really encouraging to see that the other aspect the other thing that we talked about in the talent acquisition part of the book was the fact that really the strategic case for talent acquisition, mature approach to hiring, needed to be understood throughout the organisation, particularly at that C-suite level. Now, while there has been some, you know, fantastic work in some organisations in terms of really understanding the role that talent acquisition plays in corporate strategy... I think, unfortunately, what we're seeing right now with, you know, TA teams being the first to be laid off as companies make cuts, that case still hasn't been made. That's not yet, you know, understood. We haven't made our case to be properly understood at that top level about the strategic case for for, for talent. That's me been talking. I've been talking a lot there. So, Mervyn, your, your views on, 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 on that? I think that uh, it's an interesting point you make there, uh, because I suppose for me, one of the most important areas uh, across the whole employee cycle is experience. Uh, we've written a lot about it. I've been involved in quite a bit of research around candidate experience, employee experience, learning experience, all of this area. And one of the um, phrases that, that I often use is that we've never invested so much money uh, in, in workplace tech. Uh, you know, we've, we've got uh, technology companies becoming unicorns, uh, uh, millionaires, billionaires, uh, and yet candidate experience and employee experience by just about kind of every, every measure is, is at rock bottom still. Uh, and candidate experience is the most important thing. And it, it's this, it, 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 it's so personal to the individual. And we, we still can't seem to get it right. And 
you know, it, it's particularly now as we're looking to hire very digital talent, very switched on talent, maybe slightly younger, have come up in different areas era uh, they expect to be taken seriously they expect to have agency in what they're doing so they don't just expect to you know you kind of like apply into the ether and 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 kind of you know they may or may not hear back they want to know where they stand at each stage of the process they live their personal lives that that way um, and organizations still can't seem to create an experience which allows them that which gives them actionable information so that if there's interview feedback it, it's actionable it's you know this is what's good this is where we need more um, and I think that that is a big concern um, because the the overall kind of uh, uh, one of the overall messages in the book that I wrote uh, was that that talent mobility or as we used to call it internal mobility moving people around an organization uh, I maintained would become a talent acquisition issue not a not an HR or learning and development issue uh, and of course it is uh, yeah, uh, yeah talent mobility is a talent acquisition priority TA need to have overview of all the skills all the competencies capabilities within the business who's at what stage of their career to be able to uh, talk to a hiring manager uh, to be able to say look this is where we need to move this person yeah we don't need to look externally for that we've got somebody here who's doing these skills look at adjacent skills they've got these skills therefore with some development we can move move them into this area i think that's a very important part for talent acquisition and i think that a lot of organizations are becoming aware of that but i think the pace of adoption of that is is could be faster and we've also got uh, at the moment the concept of career experience which I think is is a fascinating area where you have people within the organization whose responsibility is to oversee I suppose the whole of the journey from somebody coming in to the way their careers develop to the way uh, they develop and to what they can achieve with the business so I think those, to me, are the most important um, things I've seen. And I think areas that show the, the huge need for a, a good, qualified talent acquisition teams who are really on top of everything that's going on. Uh, but as you've just said, it's a, it's a concern that maybe in these economic times they're being cut. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point, though, because what's been a massive positive for me is I've had a number of conversations on the podcast in, in recent months where TA teams are taking that responsibility for talent mobility, for internal hiring, and kind of really picking up on that skills piece. I think the perhaps the bit where the the hype doesn't quite meet the reality is is maybe round this skills piece because i think we were we were having this conversation right at the start of the pandemic about ta teams were suddenly in charge of internal mobility and organizations really needed to understand the skills that they have in their business you know and that kind of comes into skills-based hiring and all those kind of things in fact i was talking to um, talking to sam at shl the other night about companies understanding skills and actually did an understanding of the skills within the organizations 
play a part in the strategy for the layoffs that we're seeing in big tech? We felt the answer was probably no, but actually, and that perhaps also illustrates how far we've got to go with that with that sense of understanding, you know, understanding skills within business. Now, the technology seems to be there to do it. The willingness seems to be there to do it. Is it something that you're seeing? Do you think organizations are, are, are able to map the skills within their organizations? I think they can. I think it's an improving area. I um, mean, the whole concept, I suppose, of talent intelligence across an organization is something that is relatively new. Uh, in terms of, of uh, I mean, it has been around for a few years, but I mean, it's probably something like candid experience. We could have sat here 15 years ago and talking about that, uh, whereas I think talent intelligence and this understanding of, of all the available, I suppose, skills, knowledge, capabilities within an organization, I think it is improving. I think it tends to be the much larger organizations in a way that, that, that are better at this. Um, but I think ultimately every organization of any size, if it's going to compete and thrive in the future, needs, needs this information, needs access to this data. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York, and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. Talking about data, let's talk about technology. Kind of, re I revisited the book uh, a week or so ago in sort of preparation of this uh, conversation. Obviously, I can remember everything that we wrote to the to, to the word, but I thought I'd kind of go through and uh, you know just sort of pick out some of the things that stood out. Looking at it retrospectively, we talk about AI all the way through the book and saying how the increase in sophistication of AI is becoming uh, becoming incredibly important. And it's probably one of the other than, you know, layoffs, the economy, talent shortages and the very strange situation we currently find ourselves in. AI is the number one sort of topic of conversation at the moment. And a lot of that has come from chat GPT and the fact that everyone can now see how this technology works. It's now got this conversational framework to allow, well, people like you and me access into this science, into this technology. Now, you know, the technology has been around for quite some time, but I've never known it be so front and center in everything that we're talking about. What I think is interesting is we've talked about, you know, talent acquisition and, you know, has it made that kind of strategic case and, and all these sort of things. I think what we are seeing is a massive 
reinvention, evolution, disruption, whatever, whatever buzzword you want to use. But certainly talent acquisition is changing. And things like AI and the the economic circumstances in various countries are really driving that. And one of the things that I touched on in the book, but probably didn't write about as much as I thought I had, was personalization. And anyone who listens to this podcast will be very bored of me talking about personalization because it is my favorite, my favorite topic. Very, very important. And I'm really, really interested to see how the quantum leaps that we're seeing in AI are really going to help us personalize talent acquisition, offer people a uniquely personal experience all the way, um, you know, all the way through the process, but also one that relies on automation. It relies on using um, humans and human intelligence in the in the right kind of places. Really interesting conversation recently on the podcast with uh, Carl Lagunas. And he's he, he's done a really, really interesting report on the uptake of AI within, you know, within HR, within talent acquisition. And, you know, lots of people saying that they're going to spend money on this and getting into their business, but not many people actually have the right strategy in place to, to make it work. And that's kind of, I think, where we are with technology. We, we've seen what's possible. We need to change as an industry. Um, and I think the smartest HR and TA leaders will be the ones who can make sense of that, tie it into the strategy of their business, get that senior buy-in and really move the industry forward. I mean, what, what's your sort of view on that sort of tech piece? I think I'm, I'm going to go at a slight tangent on this because, I mean, I agree with you. I think AI and, and certainly the possibilities that, you know, conversational AI opens up are huge. Um, my, um, that's one of your top areas at the moment. One of mine is well-being and the, the impact all of this has on the people who work for us. The best organizations are those who are able to somehow support the well-being of their employees. I've often said that, you know, that we're very close to the time now when on interview, uh, candidates will actually ask the question on interview. You know, if I'm struggling, how will you help me? If I need help, how will you support me? And I think that if we get too far focused, I suppose, on, on um, the data and analytics, we miss the human side of business. And uh, I had a recent podcast interview with Derek Irvin, who's the uh, VP at WorkHuman. And this was about the, the role that, that thanks and recognition plays in improving well-being. And it is a huge link. And I think that that's the kind of area and possibly the side that's maybe missing from um, the future organization is that how we look out for our people. Um, I often talk about the, the move away from from, you know, um, direction and management to support and enablement. So rather than, than managing people, directing them, we're supporting them, we're enabling them. Uh, we can use the data. We can certainly, uh, you, you mentioned uh, chat GPT there. People can now, you know, use that to ask questions like, you know, how can I do this? How can I do that? You know, what should, um, yeah, what, uh, what are the essential skills for doing this? So, uh, you know, people before interviews will be using that. Uh, I'm interviewing for a systems engineer. What are the five things I need to know? But I think all of this uh, plays into a much, I suppose, to me, you know, this kind of emotional, social, mental well-being picture. Um, and I think that, that, that that's 
the future success of an organization will be one that can marry the data, the analytics, and what we can learn through the AI with the actual support for the people. That's really interesting as well. And I think that brings me on to kind of the final topic. It was very much kind of the thing that changed most about the book with the pandemic, because we were writing a section on the future of work and we were starting to talk about, well, maybe there'll be more remote work, maybe there'll be more hybrid work. And then suddenly, literally one day, <laughs> there was there was remote work. There was remote work everywhere. Looking back, what's what's kind of disappointing for me is I still don't feel we're having a grown up conversation about what work is and where work should take place. So, you know, huge, the, the newspapers, the internet is still full of huge amounts of headlines and commentary about productivity, people being, you know, people going back to the office, people being forced to go back to the office, people wanting to go back to the office, people never going back to the office. And it's just a disappointing conversation because it's full of vested interests and, you know, there's not much data in there. It's full of opinion. And it's very, very, you know, there are some significant challenges that employers and employees need to work through with new ways of working. But, you know, some significant benefits as well. And I just don't feel that we're having those conversations because we're almost stuck in this pantomime style uh, thing. You know, should we go back to the office? Oh, yes, we should. Oh, no, we oh, no, we shouldn't. And it's it's kind of really disappointing. And I think that, you know, I'm seeing lots of people working really effectively in a in a hybrid way. I'm seeing lots of people, you know, working, continuing, who've always been remote, continuing to be remote and very effective, you know, and likewise, people are, are, are tied to location and they don't have that flexibility. But I think if, if organisations want to be inclusive, they want to offer flexibility, they want to broaden the talent pools that they that they work in, then hybrid remote work is 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 a key aspect of that if not the the overall solution what do you think i i have a uh, an expression about hr in the time of hashtag outrage and um this is this plays straight into it um you know every day as you say the digital narrative that we see uh whether it's through the daily email newsletters whether it's going on linkedin whether it's going on social media whether it's our, our daily uh kind of update from whoever we subscribe to be it the ft the times or whatever it is all about these these kind of arguments about quiet quitting loud quitting remote working and and, and rage applying and all those things um i think that the reality for me is that something like 60% of the jobs in the UK economy uh, can't be done remotely. Uh, so in one respect, we're talking about a, um, a, a minority, but it's a very significant minority. Uh, but most of the people who carry the digital narrative are people who can work uh, remotely and flexibly. Um, so I think that's how it becomes uh, intensified. Um, I do think we need a grown-up conversation around it because there are a, a number of things uh, that, that we have to take into account. Uh, in fact, I had a recent podcast chat with Gemma Dale, uh, who some listeners may know has written a couple of books on this. And the thing is that it, it's a remote, flexible, hybrid, asynchronous working of four different things. So are we talking about location? Are we talking about time? Are we talking about... Uh, that's the first thing we, we have to decide, I suppose. Um, the second thing is is understanding our goals and understanding, I suppose, what, what the other 
pressures are on somebody. So, you know, the, the, if you have people who have caring responsibilities, people with childcare responsibilities, people with different kind of family pressures, yeah, those can all be woven in. And having some form of flexible, hybrid, remote working can help those people to actually have a more fulfilling work life and actually probably uh, contribute more to the organisation they work with. I think that some of the nonsense is around, you know, if I speak to people I know who, who maybe aren't part of this, so people in my personal life who do manual jobs, they say, well, of course, people want to work from home because they don't do anything. They spend all day watching TV and drinking coffee. And it's kind of like we need, I think, to get the overall narrative around the world of work away from that kind of thing and on to kind of how productive people are. You know, what is the end game? So I think that it is a yeah, it's a huge area. We'll still be talking about it in a few years time. But I think it's something that, you know, needs to be properly analyzed and organizations have to find a way to to going back to what I said about supporting and enabling uh, to actually what is the work arrangement that works best for the employee, for the organisation, for the team that they're a part of, for the managers in that team, what is the best arrangement and, and how can they support everybody to do their best work? I have one more question for you, but before I do ask you that, I have to ask something else. What's rage applying? Rage applying was uh, something. I not heard that. I not heard that one. No, it was. I, I, it had a very short-lived hashtag life. I think um, the concept was that you got so angry or fed up with your job, you just in a rage applied to lots of other jobs. I think that's how I got every job I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not how people change jobs? That's oh, news I, to I, me. I, th I, I think the concept was that that you were applying on mass to jobs that that might not even be right for you, but you were just. Applying. Well, you know, that's that still applies, I think. So if a final proper question. If we were going to write another book, what would we write it about? Ten best beers we've drunk? No. Um, if we were writing another book around this, I think uh, it's an exciting time to do so because I think a lot of it has changed. But, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not one of these that, you know, that every, every few months the world changes, it will never be the same again. But I think that there is a lot changed. There is a lot of some serious analysis to be done around the whole concept, our relationship with work and the whole thing about remote, hybrid, flexible, asynchronous. I think uh, for me, a lot of it is around well-being and I suppose this this kind of cycle of, um, you know, I st said support and enablement um, is to do with engagement. And if people are engaged, then they feel supported. They can become if they if they feel supported, their well-being is better. They're much more productive. If they're more productive, um, you know, they, they are producing better results for the organisation. Um, retention is improved, and obviously, all of those things linking together for the organisation uh, means stronger commercial outcomes. So, I think that. There is a lot, particularly with what we've been talking about over the last few minutes to do with, with uh, the growth of AI, the growth of um, conversational AI. I think that if we, were to, if we were to write another book, I would be very excited about write, writing about these topics in the kind of, I suppose, the, almost like the future of talent or the future world of work. Exactly. I think it's just such an interesting, you know, when we wrote the book after the pandemic, I thought, well, this is a really interesting time to write a book. But, you know, f fast forward to now, 
so much so much is changing and it, it really feels like the next five years are going to be very very different to the last five years well hopefully there won't be another pandemic so that's already yeah. that's already three years that's different so i think it's yeah i think it's a really interesting time to maybe have that conversation about doing it all again mervin thank you very much for joining me matt thank you very much for inviting me and it's been a real pleasure to discuss it with you my thanks to mervin You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.